can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. There's a gleam, man. There's a gleam. Let's get the gleam, all right? Let's go. Want a piece of that championship? Put it in here. Hey, guys, where else would you rather be? This is Hour 2 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network. Hour 2. Now coming your way. Jermaine Farrell a little bit later on. David Smith as well. Joining us now on the program from Louisville, Kentucky. He is the Virginia Tech Hall of Famer. 40 years in the broadcast booth for Virginia Tech. His name is Mike Burnett. Mike, how are you? Good morning. Good morning there, Rick. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing okay, man. Good to hear from you. How's the uh, How's the bluegrass state this morning? You know, it was pretty flying in yesterday. Of course, not, nothing's blue and nothing's green yet. <laughs> you can, you know, it's fun looking over all these things below you, all these farms that you know are big time horse farms, and it's uh, it's a pretty cool place. And boy, you don't get off the plane, and first thing you see are just advertisements for all the different bourbons in the state. <laughs> yes, I mean, yes. If you can't find a bourbon, you a bourbon uh, here. Uh, to try or like you, you you'll never find one. So it's, <laughs> it's pretty cool, pretty cool place. When you've got the Muhammad Ali uh, Museum there too, which I visit when I go there, so there's some stuff to do there, depending on how close you. Yeah, are. yeah. They talking about going by the Bat Factory today, maybe and see some of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. They're already advertising for the Kentucky Derby. You know, that's uh, coming up here pretty soon, and. Uh, they're advertising for that. They had a countdown in the airport for that. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Well, What's going on here in the big city? Well, and, you know, Louisville's got great, great facilities for their students and um, the college. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and that Yum Center holds up, man. I've caught a couple of games in there. It's a nice place, isn't it? I mean, it's it's uh, sure. yeah, twenty two thousand. Man, oh man, that place gets rocking. It's like look out, but I'm not sure how good the crowds have been this year um, because they're obviously having a little bit of a tough year, but. It is one of the great home courts. It's like an NBA arena, really, when you think about it. I mean, it's got everything there. And I love it when you go through the portals, at least the last few times we've been here. So the portals, you can go, you know, most of the time you can go. So these portals, you can go downstairs and go to the bourbon bar or the vodka bar. Oh, really? <laughs> so, <laughs> really? Yeah. So I'm anxious to see if those are still there. And, um, it's a pretty cool place, though. <laughs> you might you might have to hit both the way this game might be going tonight. So who knows? <laughs> oh gosh, you never know. Mm-mm-mm. Well, what's uh, what's was, the? What, go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. I was just going to say it was a tough one at Duke the other night. I mean, you talk about a home court advantage now. <laughs> I mean, love or hate Duke, right? I mean, love or hate the place. You got to admire what they're all about and um, how well they've done at home. I mean, just. <laughs> Think about this, Rick. I mean, the other night we played at Duke, Saturday night, that was the 505th consecutive sellout that they've had at Cameron Indoor. And their record after beating Virginia Tech now, 459-46. and I mean, just think about that, the, the dominance that they've had at Cameron Indoor. The last time they didn't sell out a game there was November 16th 
1990. I mean, that's unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, when you think about that. <laughs> so, very difficult place to play. Hokies didn't get off to a great start in the game. And, uh, boy, just give Duke a lot of credit. Old John Shire, man, it's not hard to follow. Uh, it, it's not easy to follow a legend. Um, but he's off to a pretty good start. And um, he knows what it's all about. He won a national championship as a player and as an assistant coach there. And um, with all those new players and only one guy returning uh, that started for him last year on that national team and went to the Final Four, uh, that was Jeremy Roach. Uh, he's done a pretty good job for him. It's amazing the difference, and it shows you how college basketball in particular, Mike, the venue means everything sometimes, right? Because Tech looked as if they were you know, going to beat Duke from the get-go. All right? They looked like it was a great matchup. They handled them at Castle. And then, of course, you go down there, and they were never really in it. So it just shows you the difference, right, in how one place is played, one, you know, one game is played in one place and the other in the other. It's amazing. College basketball at least still has that, the home court advantage. No, there's no doubt. Yeah, you're, you're right. And uh, the Hokies being favored in some of those games when those were against quad one teams and whatnot, you're thinking, wait a minute, how is that possible <laughs> with the way the Hokies have been playing? And yet, you know, they rose to the occasion on most times, but – you know, and here you think Miami's the best team in the league, and then what happens? They they blow a twenty five point lead to Florida State, yeah, and get beat. So now it's like, okay, well, who is the best team in the league? Well, I don't know. That term is wide open. You know, Carolina looked good last night, and uh, the Carolina Duke game will be good this weekend. And so you just you just don't know. It should be a fun tournament, though. Mike Burnup joining us on the program from Louisville. He'll be on the call tonight with Zach Mackey for the Hokies and. The Louisville Cardinals. And one thing about this, this uh, brings back those old, old Metro Conference memories, right? I mean, so many great games back in the day with Del Solomon and company. I mean, uh, this uh, Louisville, I mean, what have you learned, Mike? I mean, with their four wins and everything surrounding that program, is there just an acceptance that they're going to be down for a while? Because they are, as you say, that crowd can get pretty raucous. And I, you know, I've watched a couple of their games in the last few weeks. They've had big crowds in there. I mean, What's the what's the feeling around that program right now? Is just a complete understanding that it has to be, kind of be torn down from the ground up? Yeah, pretty much so. I mean, Kenny Payne played there, and he's an alum, and I think he'll do a good job. At the, you know, when the time comes, it's just a matter of getting the right mix of players, and uh, he's going to have to hit the transfer portal, just like the Steve Forbes did at Wake Forest a couple of years ago, and look like you know Jeff Capel did it at Pitt this year. I mean, uh, there are ways to get good and get better fast, and, you know, he's going to have to obviously use that road. But they have struggled. They have played better of late. You know, that game against Clemson here a couple weeks ago, February 18th, or I think is when they honored that national championship team. Luke Hancock played on it. You know, they beat Clemson by 10, you know, at the M Center. But, you know, they only had two wins in the ACC play. They beat Georgia Tech, and they beat uh, Clemson. But, you know, that's, that's the two wins they've had, Rick, since – December the 17th. Wow. So, I mean, that's a pretty long losing streak. So, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'll give the Hokies their best shot. Senior night, they're going to honor two of their senior players. And um, Hokies have to be ready to go because this will be a, you know, another tough loss for them, obviously. Well, and, and the road has been a major issue. You know, Coach Young was asked directly about yeah. that record. He didn't really have an answer, did he? He just said, I, I don't really know. we got to try to get one, <laughs> our last one here in the regular season on uh, Tuesday night. I mean, I think it's kind of confounded Coach Young that they haven't been more successful in true road games. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, it's just, he's been scratching his head. I mean, it's like, I can't figure this team out. And, you know, it hadn't helped. The, the injuries didn't help, obviously, and when you think about, you know, not having Rodney Rice and 
Sean Padula and Hunter Couture playing too many minutes. You know, Hunter gets hurt. Rice gets hurt. He's only played three games now. You know, no Darius Maddox, and he wasn't the same when he was playing in the first part of the season either. I don't think Justin Mutz has played as well as he could have mm-hmm. or should have as right. a right. you know a guy that's been around that long. And so, yeah, it's been like one thing after another, it seems like, and uh, it's been a little bit frustrating for sure for Coach. It does feel like that maybe, you know, Grant Basile's been the only most consistent guy, right? I mean, he, he seems to be he seems to be that one guy. You're right. It has been disappointing. Let's just say it the way it is. It has been a little disappointing from the, the amount of experience that they had coming back from last year. Yeah, I mean, and there was a lot of hype around them. I mean, you figured they started out, what, 12-1 and one or something. And so, yeah, it's been a little bit tough since. But Grant has been good. You know, the other night, I think he had just five points in the first half and ended up with 15 made half his shots. I think he made two out of four threes and five of ten overall. So, you know, Grant's been playing pretty well. Uh, you know, he does. he's not the greatest defender, but they certainly have gotten some good stuff out of him on the offensive end. And, uh, you know, and MJ Collins is a freshman that, you know, he's kind of up and down. I thought the other night he passed up on several shots that he could have taken. Uh, and, you know, next year at this time, he'll take those shots and have more confidence from beyond the arc. But, that place will frustrate you a little bit, the way the fans are right on top of you, and it's loud in there. That place is uh, something else. Does everybody still seem to be pretty engaged on that team? I, I thought maybe the energy level was a little lower than I thought because of that crowd. The energy can supply a lot in that building, and I thought they maybe came out a little sluggish. What did you observe there on, when you were watching them up close? Well, I think Duke was uh, clearly a better team than they were before. I mean, you think all those freshmen, and again, with only having Jeremy Roach back from last year's team, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of a work in progress, too. I mean, you know, you got Filipowski that's a fantastic player. they got all these seven-foot guys. You know, Proctor's been playing well. Mitchell's a hoss. And, uh, you know, Derek Lively's like a shot blocker. And, you know, they got Whitehead back, the kid that was hurt at the Virginia Tech game. And so... Uh, they're a lot better team than they were, and they were feeding off the crowd a little bit. And um, wasn't it, I'm not so sure that it was just the Hokies' energy, but Duke got off to a great start, and the Hokies just really never recovered because, you know, the the score, the the margin just kept getting bigger and bigger. Hokies didn't have an answer. I mean, Roach just played great, had a double-double and 19 points and 10 assists. I mean, he was truly the guy that was stirring the drink for him. Mm-hmm. Mike Burnup joining us on the program from Louisville as Tech plays the Cardinals tonight. Well, Mike, uh, my goodness gracious, I've been getting uh, bombarded with text messages. Joe Rudolph, kind of a surprise to say the least, at least in terms of what the public uh, found out yesterday, that he's going to go to Notre Dame. Uh, Your thoughts? Has this been something that has been, uh, I guess, inner circles talked about, or is this something that kind of came out of the blue for Coach Pry to have to deal with now? Well, probably a little of both. I mean, obviously you lose Coach Glenn, you know, and the situation there with him was you know, going back to a place where he had familiarity with the, mm-hmm. the uh, head coach, and, you know, he was going to be a coordinator again. So, you know, you got to be happy that these guys better themselves in most cases. And, you know, is Notre Dame a better job? I don't know. It probably pays a lot more, right? Right. Um, right. But it's back up there in the roots of where they're from. But I, I do know this, that, you know, I think – Joe's such a great guy, and he had such great things to say about Brent Pry and, you know, Virginia Tech and his players echoed the same thing, that a lot of those players felt like that they'd learned more from him. They had learned, you know, from any of the coaches that they've had. And so, 
I think there's great respect and admiration for Joe. And, you know, Brent waited a long time to get him. If you remember, you know, he that was one of the key pieces to the puzzle that he wanted, and he was able to get him. And so, yeah, it's a little bit frustrating, and I'm sure Joe and his wife Dawn kind of, you know, had a rough time over that decision. Um, you know, I'm sure they went back and forth. Uh, I texted her yesterday just to congratulate her, and, you know, she said it was something that was such a tough decision. They prayed over it. They cried over it. And, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, I think God leads you in certain directions, and they felt like that was the move they had to make. And so, you know, I guess in one hand, Rick, it's good that you got a staff that when you only win three games that some of these other programs are looking to get, right? And so that's that's kind of neat, and especially when you think about Fontel Mines. You know, they were able to keep him when guys were calling to try to get him away from Virginia Tech. So just one of those things that's kind of the nature and the, the beast in the business. Well, and and a lot of the things the texters are pointing out, and they are correct about this, Mike, it's not ideal, right? I mean, you're losing the position no. coaches at the most two important spots on your offensive football team, the quarterback and the offensive line, and both were not really successful last year. So there's, there's the quandary for Brent Pry, right, that he has to deal with, especially with practice starting on the 16th. I know it's coming up quick. I mean, when you think about it, just a few weeks and not ideal, that's for sure. And um, But you know what? These these coaches, they always have that little list in their drawer and their mind about guys that they didn't hire the first time around or maybe they're going to think hard about hiring the second time around or they've come on the radar. So, you know, he'll make the good decision and the right decision. Uh, but, yes, you're right. It's not ideal. The timing is tough. And uh, they're going to have to make it work. And I don't believe, just to shoot a lot of this down, which I have tried to do today, this doesn't indicate there's any issues going on in the program. It just sounds like these are opportunities, like you mentioned with Coach Glenn. I mean, obviously, he's going to go back to a familiar coach and being an offensive coordinator, and Notre Dame's going to pay a lot more, right? I mean, so there are a lot of things to consider when something like this happens. Well, it is. And again, you think about they were able to keep Fontel Mines, who did such a great job recruiting, and you know, they were able to keep him uh, when Penn State came calling and some other schools. And so, you know, you look at it, that's a good thing that happened. And losing, you know, Joe's a tough thing because he was well-respected in the coaching ranks as a great offensive line coach. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was mutual <laughs> a mutual feeling that Brent didn't want him to go. and But it was just one of those decisions you have to make sometimes in your career uh, that comes along. And it's like, yeah, maybe it's not popular, but for you and your family, it's the best decision, and I guess that was the case with, with Joe. So, feels like they're going to be able to fill that coaching, uh, the quarterback position, pretty soon. I would think, right? I mean, enough time's been separated, and now you got to deal with this too. I wonder is that is that something you think he'll plan to do together, or just whenever he decides on whichever guy for each one of those spots, the announcements will come. Yeah, hey, I don't know if they'll be intertwined uh, together. I think he'll just look at the list of prospects that he has and try to figure out how he can make it work so i don't think in the pecking order that will really matter much right right you know he'll he'll make the right decision i mean tyler bowen can certainly be a big part of helping that offense in the meantime but it's a little bit tougher when you got an offensive line you're coaching five different dudes right Mm -hmm. that's where it all starts up front yeah that's the thing you have you have to bring somebody brand new in and they might be pretty good and have a high pedigree, but everything's going to change, right, the way they coach those guys. These guys have to learn all over again. That's the biggest thing about this. You don't have that continuity. 
Well, that's the thing. And then you got to wonder, okay, well, we're going to change terminology. Right, or, right. You know, is the new guy got his own terminology, or are they going to make the new guy just work with what they already got, right? Which is probably mostly the case. They probably won't change that much since the kids have been in the system, but it's only been a year. So, yeah, it's all those little things, the nuances that you got to make work. Well, Mike, uh, before I let you go, man, I appreciate you getting up early there in Louisville. Um, we lost Terry Holland, and I know um, you talk about a legend in the ACC. I had a chance to interview him back the first run of the show a couple times. Just a, seems like the most genuine guy in this business that you can meet. So that's a huge loss for the ACC and obviously for the Virginia community. No, no doubt about it. Just hate to hear that. And I knew he was not in good health because – you know, one of the guys that stayed in such close contact with him was Jeff Charles, and Jeff and I right. talked all the time. Right. And Jeff kept telling me about how he was and how he was doing, and you know how the the terrible disease was getting a little bit worse and uh, whatnot. And uh, you know, he was down at East Carolina for quite a few years after he left UVA and all that sort of stuff. And you know, every year when uh, we play East Carolina on the road, we'd go down to the the pregame show was always held live at the UBE, the University Book Exchange, and Terry Holland was always there. So I got to talk to him every other year, it seemed like, when we played them on the road. And just what a great, genuine guy he was. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, you think about the players and assistant coaches he put out, just a remarkable run, and I just feel bad for him. You know, lost a great one there now. Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Well, Mike, listen, appreciate you so much. What are you going to do with your day? you got a long day to kill. We, we talked about some of the sights and sounds. My goodness, there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, there is, and uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember what time shoot-around is, but that's probably about the only thing big on the schedule. So, yeah, it might be a little time. I think the weather's supposed to be decent, so yeah, I may get out in the battle a little bit. We'll see. All right. Well, listen, man, stay safe and have a good call tonight. 8.30, you'll be on 9 o'clock the tip from uh, – from the Yum Center, you love the 9 o'clock time frame on the ACC oh, Network. Yeah, yeah, about as much as Coach does. <laughs> after, after getting home at 2 a.m. after the Duke game and turn around and having Sunday off and then leave Monday, Ooh. I'm glad Saturday coming up against Florida State is going to be a home oh, game. Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Mike, thanks so much, man. appreciate you. All right, Rick, you take care. Have a good week. All right, you too, man. You too. There you go. That's uh, Mike Burnup, and he'll be on the call tonight with Zach. Be sure to tune in, and uh, hopefully that helped you a lot, Tech fan. Hearing his explanation made perfect sense about the football coaching situation and the staff. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back rolling along here. Sunny and uh, fairly warm this morning, actually, with the wind stopping. Good weather here in the NRV as we're going to get through February without any measurable snow. That makes me happy. Stay with us. something how you missed that well here it is listen to big dog sports talk anytime yeah we missed you so much available wherever you get your podcasts bdsd will return in a moment on wrad we spotted the ocean at the head of the trail where are we going so far away Bottom of the hour break. About to come up. Everything's better. And then we'll be back with Jermaine Farrell. Thanks to Mike Burner for joining us on the program. David Smith in hour number three. 
just going to wait out Toad Duet Sprocket here. There we go. Tech in Louisville tonight at 9, if you so desire. Jermaine Farrell scheduled to join us next, motoring along here on a Tuesday. We'll be back. Stay with us. the hour here on this Tuesday. Thanks to Mike Burnup for joining us. David Smith coming up. Joining us right now. And I have to say, I think I enjoy his walk-up music more than any other. Jermaine Farrell from WFXR. Good morning, Jermaine. This is just good, man. <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny? I think everybody's got good walk-up music. They do. I mean, they do. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I guess when it's the dude, I guess I can. <laughs> I don't know if I am the dude. I don't think I am. No, I'm not. <laughs> right. It just kind of, it does, the, the point when you think about it, you know, and it was funny. I had a, when we first started, I had a different song. But then I think it changed to that one. I didn't even pick it. <laughs> I, think, I, think the, I think the previous regime picked that song. Well, if you ever want, if you ever want to change it, let me know. We'll uh, we'll keep it no, fresh. Fine. It, it's already a standard there, so we have to keep it. So we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we will keep it. There's no need to make any changes. So, but um, I know before we start, I know we off there. I, I just want to uh, tell you that you know I'm. Um, what you told me about your mother and everything. And, and I'm, I'm praying, we're praying for her. And, you know, we, we know that, you know, I know from my experience, you know, uh, with my wife and her mm, cancer right, diagnosis. Right. And, um, so I just want to, you know, send you my thoughts and prayers and I'm praying for you and your family. And, you know, like I said, you know, your, your mom, you were telling me how her faith is strong and faith is strong and believing is strong. So, again, I, I just want to send that to you, sir. Well, I appreciate that a whole lot. I will pass that along to her. She will appreciate it greatly. Uh, hey, I had I had my uh, my eyes uh, down there at the Deadman Center who listened to the program tell me you were at Deadman last night. Is that correct? I don't. We I, I wasn't there. Somebody was, <laughs> right? Somebody was from yeah, WFXR. I, I, we, 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 uh, I, I think we make it a little quick, but we, we make appearances. You know, sometimes the appearances <laughs> happen before I know where they're happening. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was a um, – I tell you what, it, now we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. I mean, we, we have uh, two more uh, regional finals involving local teams. Patrick Ray Boys are at home tonight uh, in a regional final. And then uh, William Fleming Girls are up at Massaponics. I tell you, these new—that's about uh, Fredericksburg, I believe. And uh, Patrick Gray's playing um, Stonebridge, so 
we have those going on. But last night, I mean, you know, when you look at the teams, and, you know, first of all, I mean, Radford is Radford. Let, let's 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 call it what it is. When you talk about <laughs> basketball and in our area, I mean, Rick Cormody, I mean, what a job he's done. I mean, he's 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 one of the greatest in the history of high school basketball in, in our area. I mean, one of the best coaches around. I mean, if you need someone to win a game, I mean, he's going to definitely be on your list. And and what a what a way to win the regional over Floyd County. Did a great job there. And then you know, on the girls' side of things, I mean, all I mean, uh, I mean, uh, on the girls' side of things, I mean, you know, it, it's it's like I said, these these regionals, and people don't realize when, when you look at a regional championship. I mean, yes, it it you still go to state, but it's but it's not you know it's I mean you know it's not like you're eliminated. You know, in that, and then so looking at last night uh, in Region Two C boys, it was Radford, and Region uh, two, Region One C boys, it was Fort Chiswell beating Eastern Montgomery by a bucket, and you know Eastern Montgomery has really uh, been uh, rocking and rolling as of late. You know, with with their uh, their play and what they've done. Actually, that's the girls' side of things. So my apologies. Like I said, all these brackets are starting. Yeah, <laughs> together. no, absolutely, but. Uh, but so I, I would be remiss. I want to give the the proper credit because you, you want to properly credit teams and, and, and stuff like that. And then the, the on the two C side of things, I mean, uh, congratulations to to Floyd County as they won the championship on the two C girls side, and then Radford and Auburn on the boys side of two C and one C. So those teams are preparing. They get a a game close by at home, but yeah, we're really getting down to it then. You know your state, your state, um, your state uh, quarterfinal start. I mean, what a battle Saturday between K Spring and Northside. I mean, those two teams are going to battle. And, and K Spring, you know, Coach Bruce gave Northside their first loss on the season. So now you're looking at you know Northside traveling to Spotswood, and they've had a a pretty good battle themselves with those two teams. So. You know, we we got a lot of good basketball. I mean, Chalaski County, their girls team is rocking and rolling. Mm-hmm. Carroll County's girls are rocking and rolling. Um, and on the boys' side, I mean, uh, in, in Class Four, TC Glass, uh, they've been doing pretty well. And and then in Class Three, girls also. I mean, you got Lord Bob's out and Libby Christian playing each other. So, um, you know, we got a lot of good basketball, and these teams are on their way. And, and like I said, now you can't lose a game. you, you got to win three in a row to go ahead and win a state championship. And it all starts Friday and Saturday in the um, in the state quarters. He is Jermaine Farrell, the sports director at WFXR, joining us on the program. I don't know. I didn't give you a heads up about this. Maybe we can research it. But what uh, the situation with John Marshall in Class 2, a lot of folks around here not happy with the way that things go there. I mean, everybody's basically playing for second there, given the the factory they've created. Um, What's your thought on that, or if you have one or not? Maybe we can follow up. But I just wanted to see, I mean, Radford's going to deal with it like they had to last year. If they get that far, whoever comes out of this – region here but john marshall with some of the talent they have and the vicinity in which you can attend the school there's a lot of different rules there it seems like in that district well i mean when you look at that john marshall i saw him last year and this year they're like ranked number one in the country yeah i mean not yeah. in the state you're talking about number one in the country right and when you have a team that good it, you know it's it's you know 
and and uh, it's all good in the, in the hood with that. But the thing is, the rules are the rules. But I mean, when you look in in that area, that Richmond area, I mean, there's a lot of good basketball players. I mean, it's not just John Marshall. That whole area is good. It's just there's a pipeline that goes there. And because of enrollment, John Marshall's dropped down to a class two. So, you know, the situation is the fact that, I mean, they get the players in. If a, if a team, a player wants to go there, they allow it to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, they allow it to happen. But on the flip side, you know, you roll the ball out there, you play the game, and, you know, anybody can be beaten on any given day. So I, I look at it like that. I mean, hey, I mean, now, is it going to be a challenge to beat this John Marshall team? Yes. But, you know, it's a one, one and done. It's like we've seen upsets. We've seen teams that you look on paper – this team should beat this team. But who's to say that anyone who comes out of this side of the state, you know, who's to say they can't beat John Marshall? And, you know, the thing is with Rick Cormody or any of the other coaches in our area that is in the Class 2 level, hey, I, hey, if I got Rick Cormody, I have a chance. And, and I'm not saying it to be saying it. I, I fully believe. I mean, he has won state championships before. and He knows what it takes. But yeah, it's a challenge. It's going to be a challenge. But again, you know, it is what it is. And you know, I, I guess you know, like I said, there's a pipeline of talent that goes through John Marshall, and John Marshall has been good for years. I mean, so it's not like you know they just automatically got good. I mean, they've had a history of championships when they were in Class Three and in the higher classifications. The biggest thing is when you look at the Richmond area. The, the population is spread out. So teams and, and, and schools, the schools that used to be larger, well, the population is, you know, they're moving out into the suburbs. and They're moving out to, like, you know, Henrico County or Chesterfield County or, you know, the, the suburbs. And it's kind of similar if you think about it in, in, the, in, our, in, in our part of the state. You know, when you look at, you know, back in the day, I mean, Patrick and William Fleming, you know, they had a lot of students, but a lot of the kids, they, they move out and they, they live in, in the county, or they live over in Salem, or and even you know, if you look in the New River Valley, for example, I mean, the population swings. I mean, we just look at Blacksburg and Christiansburg. You know, there are years where you know there were stretches where when you look at a football situation, Christiansburg was dominant, and then Blacksburg was struggling, and then it was the other side with Blacksburg, you know, dominant in their run to a state title in Christiansburg, and now it seems like. The pendulum is swung back toward Christiansburg, and it's all about population. It's all about where people are living, and you know, population is dwindling. I mean, you you back in the day. I mean, when you look at a Pulaski County, like in football, I mean, they had you know because you're a Cougar, yeah. They had. I mean, that sideline. I don't think you could fit another person on the sideline. I remember looking at that sideline. They, they had about a hundred kids over on that sideline, and the flag was flying in the breeze. <laughs> it was, the flag is still there. That that cougar paw flag is still around. Yes, absolutely. But, but but nowadays, Rick, you just don't have that many athletes that are participating in sports. I mean, and you know, and students. So I mean, next year, Plastic County dropping down to Class Three, which that doesn't give you guarantee you anything. Because Class 3 is loaded in all sports. So it's just based on that. But you know what? Like I said, at the end of the day, you play who you play. And like I said, you just got to go out there and beat them. And anything can happen in one game. He is the sports director at WFXR. Jermaine Farrell joining us on the program. 
Um, Got to get your take on uh, Joe Rudolph. Um, kind of a surprise. We've heard from a lot of concerned uh, Tech fans. I mean, this is the second uh, big loss on the offensive staff for Brent Pry. Here we are a little over two weeks away from the start of spring, uh, spring practice. Just your thoughts on uh, Joe, Joe Rudolph heading to Notre Dame. Well, I mean, when you, when you look at it, I mean, they're usually from the first season to the second season, you're going to have some turnover. But uh, obviously, coaches, they want to look at different opportunities. And, and you know, Joe Rudolph, offensive uh, line coach, tremendous coach, knows what he's doing. And, and a lot of times you're, you're going to see turnover. I, I know it's a tough deal when you have a, uh, a coach of, the, of that caliber leave your program. So you just have to, it's kind of like next man up, got to fill that spot, you got to fill that hole. And and I know Brent Pryor will do a good job finding someone for that role. I mean, because let's face facts, you know, you can you can get a coach in there at Virginia Tech. It's just going to be a matter of can they fit in. Now, the timing isn't the greatest because you're kind of in your off-season workouts, you're getting ready for spring practice. So ideally, you like to have that. But, you know, coaches have a short list because the thing is coaches know, okay, if I do lose a coach and I go call this guy and say, hey, look, I have an opening potentially and get one in. So coaches like athletic directors, they have a short list. <laughs> no question they have a short list. So they, they know uh, where to go with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it does. it's just the timing. You know, we'll have to wait and see who comes in. And same thing with uh, Coach Glenn on the uh, quarterback side. But the thing about it, those are two important positions that didn't necessarily um, – make you very excited about the offense last year. So uh, hopefully they'll get some good people in there because that's uh, you don't want to have to replace coaches, especially at those two spots, right, going into the spring. Yeah, those are vital. Your offensive line is big. Your, uh, your quarterback, and, and the thing is, like I said, the tech offense was struggling. So we, we now have to see, okay, where do we go from here? And, and that's really the big key. So we'll – We'll see how it goes, but I, I think Coach Pry. I mean, the thing is, he will fill those roles with the right people, and it's all about you know, you know, hey, if you want to stay with the program, stay with the program, and if you got an opportunity to move on, you move on. I mean, but that's that's just the nature of the game. Coaches move on, you know. Co- coaches, you know, they don't. A lot of coaches don't plant roots in a lot of places. I mean, you can see the list of coaches and where they've gone. It's like uh, you know that song, "I've Been Everywhere." It was Johnny Cash? Oh like that. yeah. I, I've been everywhere. Absolutely, <laughs> they, they do that, but uh, yeah, it's it's tough to do. But uh, but you know, like I said, they'll they'll do what they have to do and do do due diligence to get the right person in there. Well, I know that uh, you guys have a lot to cover with the high schools, the college basketball coming up, Highlanders down at the Big South Tournament. I mean, Tech tonight against Louisville, the Tech ladies. I mean, getting ready to start the ACC tournament. My goodness, we have a lot going on, don't we? We do, and, and uh, one other thing I'd like to bring up, uh, again, uh, we lost a giant in coaching um, yesterday mm. or over the weekend, Terry Holland. Right. I mean, 80 years old. I mean, Alzheimer's and dementia, and that's just a tough disease. And I tell you, one of my favorite coaches, I mean, the, the Virginia gentleman, I mean, there's a lot of similarities between him and Tony Bennett. And you just talk about a legendary coach. I mean, the success he had at Virginia, we and, and he took over the program, and they were always relevant. Didn't didn't really get the national title, but I mean, you know, or win an ACC tournament title. They won one, but you know, during the past, you know, the, the Ralph Sampson era, I mean, they were as good as anyone in the country. And 
But yeah, Terry Holland, a, a giant, a legend, and you know he surely would be missed. That you know he's the athletic director of Virginia and East Carolina and Davidson, and just a great coach, and definitely be missed. One, one of my favorite coaches, you know, to, to have. I mean, during that '80s era, it was you know Terry Holland and George Welsh, and you know you look at you know and then you go to Blacksburg. It was you know you had Bill Dooley and then you had uh, Charlie Moyer and then a little bit later Coach Beamer and so just a lot of these great legendary coaches and we should cherish them and enjoy them you know while we have them you know because they they mean a lot to a lot of these programs and teams but but certainly back what you said yeah we have a lot going on I mean uh, turning time I mean March we're we're knocking on the door of March so. A lot of good stuff, but I, I will say this. I mean, when you look at the Radford men's and women's basketball programs, I mean, I love their chances of they can get down there. They got good seedings, so they could go down there and do something. And then, you know, the Liberty men and women, I mean, Liberty's the A-Sun tournament's the following week. Liberty is, you know, this week at the A-Sun and Virginia Tech women. I think they are probably playing as well as anyone in the country right now. I mean, Liz Kitley, what is she doing? I mean, you know, four straight players of the week. I mean, she is really, she's like butter. She's on a roll. And and, uh, I think you might as well just mail the ATC Player of the Year uh, trophy to her and uh, and all the the goodness there. And then, uh, of course, going back to Liberty real quick, uh, Darius McGee, third straight player of the year, the A-Sun. I mean, they're going to retire his jersey. Definitely, yeah. And then, yeah. Tech women. There's going to be a time where we're going to have tro- we're going to have Jersey retirements. Asia Shepherd, definitely, and and definitely Liz Kitley and Reagan McGarity. I mean, this has been a strong era of women's basketball for the Hokies. Well, all right, Jermaine. Thanks a lot, man. Look forward to all your coverage, and uh, we will talk to you again next week, and we'll see how all this unfolds here in the next week or so. We'll do that. My apologies for, for, for going real long. There. No, we're good. You're good to go. You're good to go, man. We love it. That's why you you're know, here. You, you know me when I get on a roll. You know, That's you right. Me off. You, no. you got to just jump in and say, Jermaine, uh, no, it's, it's good. It's 7 to 50 something. I got to pick some <laughs> I know. You're perfectly, perfectly fine. All right, brother. Stay safe in all your travels, man, and we'll talk soon. You too. You be careful down in Charlotte. I Eat will. a lot of chicken. Eat oh. a lot of bojangles. Well, I would like to. We got to get into that next week. I got to get into that next week. What I run into down there. Okay. Yeah, I got to get okay, into that. Yeah, All right. yeah definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, get you a biscuit and a two piece <laughs> and whatever else you want. There. Uh, that's Jermaine Farrell, the sports director at WFXR. I got to get into that with Jermaine next week uh, about why we don't really have success. An arena name. I went into this yesterday. An arena name for a particular type of chicken should have that chicken. For the media, but no, 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 no. All right, we'll take a time out. We'll come back. Thanks to Jermaine. <laughs> More coming up. He won't sit, but oh boy, does he speak. More big dog sports talk next on WRAD. of land where the supermarket used to stand before that they put up a bowling alley on the site that used to be the local pally the local pally thanks to mike burnett jermaine farrell for helping us navigate through our number two 
8 o'clock power hour coming up. David Smith will join us with some more NFL stuff, getting you primed and ready for the offseason. Are the Bears really going to trade that first-round pick? Be very interesting. Lamar Jackson, what's going to happen there? Aaron Rodgers might have a new team. Derek Carr will. Jimmy Garoppolo should, maybe. I don't know. And how do the quarterbacks? Pecking order. Ah, the imperfect science. David Smith, our Radford Hall of Famer. We'll break all that down when we come back. Leading off our 